For me, 2023 will always be the year that Living Hope actually made it to New Mexico. <laughs> and what a week we had. Um, before Becky and, and Michelle share a little bit, I wanted to give you a little background about the mission there. Um, the Navajo Brethren in Christ mission has been in Bloomfield, New Mexico for 70 years serving the Navajo people. It's located on the high desert, about 7,000 feet above sea level. And it's been there for 70 years. So the mission has about 14 buildings. I want to talk about them just for just a minute. Um, the gym is the main hub because at the gym, those without running water still um, can go and get, there's public showers, there's a laundromat, there's a water station. So some of the res that don't have running water can come to the gym and, and take care of those those things. It's used for the church, the First Nations Gathering, um, gathers every Sunday there. Wolf was invited to come and drum with the men the first Sunday we were there, and that he did an awesome job. A.D. Is a, is a Navajo man who provides basketball nights and volleyball nights to bring the kids and the young adults in with the goal to ultimately share the gospel with them. And that's where we had our back-to-school bash. We stayed in the conference center. That's one of the other buildings um, that's there. We slept in the lodge underneath, and the upstairs is used for meetings. There's a school um, with a small playground, and then there's other small houses that um, house the different people that work there. The school teachers, the principal, um, Mary Lou, who's a Navajo woman who made Navajo tacos for us Tuesday night. So there's all kinds of smaller buildings, but the campus is very, very simple. The heart of the mission is the people. Um, Diane and Dwayne Bristow are wrapping up 25 years of ministry there at the end of this year, and they're passing the baton to Amber and Sean O'Connor, who are stepping in January 1st. And so we were able to meet them and, and get to know them while we were there. Thank you for your part as a church to send us. Thank you to those who prayed fervently. Um, throughout the week for us. If you didn't read Keith Lippy's prayer chain this week, I love that because it just showed how you prayed and how God answered because he showed up strong. We went with a plan. Okay, Our plan was on the back of our shirts, which said, serve wholeheartedly, and praise God the team did. They worked, worked really hard, joyfully and faithfully. Um, we were going to do the back-to-school bash. Susan had an awesome plan for that, and then we, the team executed the plan. Donna and Bob Feltz were there, so Bob updated all the locks on those crazy buildings, and the, they were so blessed to have that done. We were supposed to get the school ready to start this week, and we found that that was a bigger task than what we expected, but because the team worked so well together, um, that all got done. And then... My heart was to have a ladies' Bible study and a craft time. We had no idea who would come, if they would come, if they would talk to us. We didn't know at all. But um, Michelle's going to share a little bit about that in just a minute. Anytime you head on a missions trip, you've got to be flexible. So there's things that happen that we didn't plan on. Um, there had been some um, roof problems. So Matt and Keith and Caleb were up on the roof fixing the roof. Diane's kitchen, her, the, the, the desire of her heart for a long time had 
been to get rid of the yellow that was in her kitchen. And Donna came to me and said, can't we do this? And I'm like, if you can get it done by Friday, you can do it. So um, not only did that uh, kitchen get painted, but of course Donna staged it and it's beautiful and it was such a blessing to Diane. So that's what we did, but God did a whole lot more. So Michelle's gonna share a little bit about that. Good morning. Okay, well as Jan said, I'm Michelle Lippi, and I need these now. Okay, and I had the privilege of being part of the team who went to New Mexico. I've been waiting a long time for this trip to the Navajo since the original trip was supposed to take place three years ago. As you can imagine, during all that time of waiting, my expectations of what this trip would be like had grown quite large. I could not wait to travel and serve with a team from Living Hope Church and see what God could do. I could not wait to meet and get to know the missionaries who worked among the Navajo. I could not wait to see the mission school and the teachers who served the Navajo community. I could not wait to paint and fix things and support the mission work there. I could not wait for our Living Hope team to run the back to school bash, hand out school supplies, and share the gospel. On Sunday morning, the missionaries shared about the Navajo culture and traditions, as well as some important need-to-know facts for our team. During our Sunday debrief with the missionaries, our team learned that many Navajo are still fearful of COVID and mingling with outsiders. We also learned that it can sometimes take a while for trust to be built and for Navajo to open up and share. Needless to say, these cultural truths greatly influenced my expectations for the ladies' Bible study and craft time that several of the women on our team had the opportunity to lead. Come Monday morning, we were ready for the Bible study. The crafts were organized and set up. My expectation was for two or three women to show up. I thought that'd be a huge success. Of course, Navajo run on Living Hope time, so nobody had even arrived at the appointed start time. And yet, one by one, they started to come. And then another, and then a group of four. And by the time we started, there were 12 women who had joined us around the table. While Monday's time was one of sweet sharing, fellowship, and getting to know one another, Tuesday was even sweeter. The women returned, and they shared their stories. They opened up about struggles with alcoholism, about tragic loss of children and family. They shared their fears of the future. We cried and we prayed together. By Wednesday, we were singing and laughing and praising God for his faithfulness to each of us. At the close of our time on Wednesday, they all wanted to know if we could come back for the rest of the week. It was an amazing time of getting to know some very special women. God did beyond what any of us on the team could have imagined. And that happened throughout the week on every project the team worked on. God did more. Through his strength and power, God helped the team to accomplish what we never could have done on our own. And God reminded me of an important truth. While there's nothing wrong with having expectations, God can do more. God wants to do more. Ephesians 3.20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, 
and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'm so thankful that I got to be part of that trip and to see what amazing things God could do. Thank you. This trip was, as Jan said, and it was planned in 2020. I was supposed to go in 2020. And then I don't even remember now if it was 2021 or 2022, which, whichever year it was, I think it was 21, I was supposed to go on that trip as well. And um, earlier, right before the date that the, the deadline was, I even had my money in. Um, but because of something with one of our kids, Chris and I decided, I shouldn't go on the trip. So I was a little bit um, hard for me, but I just really accepted that that's what God had, that it was, it was the timing of things, and it was the way it worked out. Um, so I was very, I was peaceful, although I knew that when everybody came back, you know, I'd be hearing that, or I'd be feeling that feeling of, I wish I would have gone. At any rate, the Monday before... Um, the Monday before the trip, the Monday right before the trip. Uh, I was praying for the, the um, team, looking at the postcard. I said, Lord, it would be so interesting if Jan contacted me and said, there's a spot on the trip. And I quickly dismissed that. That's not going to happen. Um, and plus, I haven't been contributing to the preparation. So that part of me that feels like that wouldn't be fair almost. Well, Six hours after I had this little talk with the Lord, Jan called me. Um, and sure enough, Jan was asking. Unfortunately, Ed couldn't go, but I got to go. So right at the last minute, by Tuesday, I knew I was going. Well, that was okay. I was like, this is just what the Lord's doing. I, don't, I haven't contributed, but I've prayed, and I'm not planned. I'm not part of the plan. I haven't helped plan. You know, I haven't done that part. And I just said, okay, Lord, I'm just trusting that you've ordered these steps. And it was fine. So um, I didn't have a role, I think. You know, like some people had clear defined roles. Most people did. I got to be the mom, I think, in a way, which I fulfilled that role, I think, pretty well. I got to make the coffee, which I think I did that role pretty well, too. And I really just got to float around somewhat, which I absolutely love to do anyway. Um, I got to organize a whole art room. I got to tire Jan out because I wouldn't give up on organizing the art room. But my point is that there, this week was this beautiful time of so many people planning and having what everything that they possibly could in line and yet holding it in such a way so that God could do what God was going to do. Um, I want to say that if you like to laugh a lot, and if you want to get to know people in your church better, consider going on a trip. Two of the ways, I'm going to share two ways that I just saw God work. And one was in our laughter and our time together. Um, this was the second trip I've ever been on. I just, the way that we laughed and had fun together and worked while also getting an unreasonable amount of work done, honestly, 
it was only the Lord. Like, he, we just had so much joy. At least I know I did, and I think other people did too. And then the other unexpected, unplanned um, way that we saw God show up was Wednesday evening, we took the trip out to the Badlands, which you've seen beautiful pictures. Now, we got to actually go through the Rockies, so that was our excursion day, but an unexpected, fun thing we got to do was visit the Bistie Badlands, which is really pretty close to where we were. Now, we, were, we tried to visit the Badlands Tuesday night, and the roads we were driving on, if you've been to Mexico, you thought you were in Mexico instead of New Mexico. The road, it was just crazy. And, and we're just driving and driving. And we're saying, like, where are we going? There's the mesa. Is that where we're supposed to go? Basically, we went in a huge circle. We did not make it to the Badlands. We were gone a, quite a long time, and we never made it. So that was unplanned. <laughs> planned, but then un ended up being unplanned. And it was just fun, and we laughed. Um, but then the next night or two nights later, when we went on the planned trip, the planned excursion, which was really cool because we got done, we got finished dinner, we got in those vans, we were like, we have got to get out there by a certain time, and we did it, so that was pretty impressive. But um, when you look at those pictures of the Badlands, it is just as remote as it feels. It's, you're just driving back dirt roads, you're, it's, um, but it's beautiful. It's absolutely unbelievably beautiful. And, on, and we got to hop out, take pictures, and we just enjoyed that so much. Um, and on the way, when we're driving back, we were miles from the mission, and we were, I want to say at least 20 to 30 minutes from Bloomfield, I think. And as we were driving, there was a woman walking on the road by herself. And when I say that this was remote and there was nothing for miles, it was remote and there wasn't a sheets down the road, or I, I'm very serious. Um, there were little pavilions at a few spots and little like, you know, sort of bathrooms. So I said, Caleb was driving the van that I was in. And I was like, Caleb, we have to stop. I mean, this was a woman walking by herself. We stopped and we picked up this woman so, as I'm sure you realize, this was very unplanned. The van behind us, the van that was behind us, um, I don't actually remember if somebody contacted them, but um, I just immediately started talking with Shirley. So we invited Shirley into our van, and we asked Shirley if we could get her somewhere. And Shirley was, having, it was difficult to communicate with Shirley. She was a Navajo woman. Um, I think maybe 60-ish, I'm not sure. But she was crying and she was telling us that she was left there, so, that two men left her there. We couldn't connect all the dots and, and get you know a, a clear story. But um, what we knew was that Shirley was in distress and um, we had to figure out where to get Shirley. <laughs> we had no, no idea. She said she lost her phone. She didn't have water or food. We tried to offer her some of that. Um, and Shirley basically just kept crying 
and saying over and over, telling us that she was left, that her husband died in June, that she thought the coyotes were going to get her, um, she was very scared, and that she thought she was going to die. And basically, we drove for miles, you know, with Shirley saying the same thing. And um, I just held her hand, and I was just declaring God's goodness over her. I said, Shirley, you didn't die. You know, you are safe. We are here. God, you know, God is taking care of you. And just tried to just kind of re keep repeating um, these wonderful, loving truths to Shirley. Um, we ended up getting Shirley to one place that she wanted to go. Then she decided she didn't want to go there. So she told us up the road there was another place. So then we were trying to make sense of it and get her there. Um, Matt was navigating. Caleb was driving. I'm not sure what Nathan and Will were thinking at this point. Bree was with me and um, was with us and Susan. No, Hannah, you weren't in the van. And I'm sorry if I missed anybody, but anyway, we were all kind of processing this and just wanting to get Shirley to safety and not knowing what to do, really, because then when she knocked on the second door, no one came. So we had called back to the mission and found out that we were basically supposed to just get her to shelter and leave her or call 911. And I was determined to do what we were being instructed that was the right thing to do. But I said, Lord, I can't, I can't, like leaving this woman just didn't seem right. By this point, we actually knew that she was actually intoxicated. Um, she was just such a sad woman. So we ended up getting her to her daughter's, which was the next town over. So we really had this unplanned excursion. Um, and Shirley got, we got Shirley to her daughters. I was having a hard time processing this while I love, I mean, I had prayed for God to show up and do things that we hadn't anticipated and planned. And then when he does, it's not like it feels great. You know, it's not like it's this beautiful story. Um, but as I actually processed and prayed more through this even when I came home, I'm really convinced that, like, we were specifically there just to get Shirley to safety. And I want a bigger story. You know, I want to know what's happening with Shirley. I want to know that Shirley gets help. I want to know that this wonderful thing turned, that Shirley ends up becoming healthy and whole and, you know, um, and the Lord works in her life. But I realized that being used by God to get Shirley to safety was exactly what that particular mission was, that particular night. So um, it was really profound and wonderful, and I do just want to give another final plug that if you are in any way, you feel stirred or called to this type of um, adventure, that you should start praying now about it because I'm sure next summer God's going to have some more unplanned and planned work for us to do as a church. Thank you.